Welcome to the Foul Vine Podcast with Sarah and Scotty Moe, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. Today we will be drinking a 2020 Red Blend, interviewing very special guest Norma Alday, discussing the MLB offseason and vibes around the vineyard. As always, grab a glass and join us. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh, red wine, that's good for my health, uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh, allow me to introduce myself, I said. Sarah, welcome back. Thanks, we, uh, we had a little bit of a, a week off because I caught the, uh, caught the vid. Caught the vid. How are you feeling? I'm feeling like a new man, honestly. Really? Yeah. You look the same. <laughs> oh, that's good. I don't look new. No. Okay. Not at all. Um, but no, we had to take a week off, unfortunately. So I have tons of stuff to report. Today. Yeah, a lot has gone down. The Witter meetings have already started. They have. And they're deep. They're deep in themselves now. I don't know where I was going with that <laughs> sentence. Well, I guess you were trying to say is what you're trying to say is we're three out of four days through it. Yes. Right now as yeah. of recording. It's but more now days. the medical winter meetings and athletic training staff happens after the oh, World I did not know draft. That. Yeah, I learned that um last week. Interesting. So fun fact for you guys. If you haven't listened to our winter meetings lowdown episode from last year, I definitely recommend it. Um, we break down what exactly happens at the winter meetings and why they exist. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah, though definitely, definitely listen to that. Winter meetings is a good time. It was held uh, this year. It was being held. Yeah. In Nashville, that was the first time I went to the winter meetings. Was in Nashville. Huge, huge place. The yeah, we were there actually at the same time, and it's we so were. big that didn't even know it. Oh, could yeah. have passed each other. Could have passed you a hundred times. We could have been next to each other at the bar. Now. <laughs> Who knows? You know. Definitely, probably saw you there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of bar. Oh, oh, tell us. What a transition. Yeah. Um, I have a good bottle today. We, oh, okay. I brought a bottle from home. And no, I don't mean Italy. <laughs> home, home, as in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Hell yeah. Um, we are, this is going to be our second bottle from Ventise Winery. I'm um, excited. So, Ventise, uh, 20, what does it mean? 26. Again? 26, okay. It's 26 in Italian. Uh, so, just, uh, we already had a bottle of this before, but I want to uh, give you a quick recap of the yes, winery, please. right? Uh, the owner, Denny Flora, um, it, you know, he grew up making wine with his family and h- the, him and his uncle started uh, making wine together in the early 2000s and um, they decide, finally decided one day to, to sell it in 2018 is when they started selling it. Um, they make a lot of different types of wine. Uh, the l- last one we tried was an old vine Zin, mm. which is, I think, like a Primitivo. Um, Very dry. Yes, it was. I think this one might be a little bit sweeter. Okay. Um, it's definitely going to be dry, but maybe semi-sweet. Um, in 26, the significance of the number 26, um, the whole family wore number 26 in football at Newcastle. Okay. I'm pretty sure Denny still holds the uh, Newcastle rushing record. Wow. So they retired his number. Oh. Um, he let his brother have the number uh, when he opened up a bar. It was called 26 Bar and Grill. It was open for a while. We used to go there a oh, lot when cool. I was coming home from college and stuff like that um that is no longer there it's something else now but mm. so he repurposed it into okay. his winery venti say winery with nice. their they're very proud italians as everyone is in newcastle sure um <laughs> as you probably have learned from me <laughs> but um one of my favorite places when i'm home i don't i don't go home without going to venti say i, love I mean it. you definitely went there like you do every thanksgiving eve because it's the premier wine holiday it, it it is it is i spent my wine wednesday there i talked to denny about doing a podcast there and okay. he was 
for it. Let's do it. So we're I definitely going to. I still have yet to go to Newcastle, the, the famous birthplace of the Scotty Mo. It's <laughs> I hope you're not disappointed, but yeah, <laughs> it's only right your first trip to Newcastle that you go to Venti Say. Yeah. And then um, what else? Like definitely eat some of your mom's cooking and then go to oh. a high school football game. And I've done it all. Uh, yeah. hundred <laughs> okay. percent. Yeah. Some, my mom's going to make some cavatelli and then we're going to go to Taggart Stadium, which is close to Venti Say. Perfect. Watch a high school game. Um, Love it. But um, no, a whole weekend planned it, right it, there. It's a whole weekend. I will say this. Venti Say also makes their own food. Oh, cool. And it is phenomenal. Mm, some of the best have? pizza I've ever had. Ooh, pizza. Yeah. I'm going to show you some pictures. You're going to be like, wow, that, yeah, that's I'm pizza. I'm sad you already didn't do that. Like, what the <laughs> hell, dude? Um, but but any, I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're a little out of sorts. We have a week off and we now we're interrupting we're each other. Not, yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I really like this bottle, the cream label with the maroon lion with the crown on its head. Pretty dope. Yeah. The, uh, that's their logo. I'm actually wearing a shirt right now that I bought on Thanksgiving Eve. I will say that is, um, that's what makes you look new is the yeah. new shirt. New shirt. Yeah, it's got, yeah. It says Venti say across the top as the lion on the side. Yeah. Which is cool. Like not your normal placement. Like no, something different. different. Yeah. They, they they do stuff different there. They just know? are better. They just do it different. But uh, today, Sarah, we have um, the Venti Says Winemakers Blend Wine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a red blend. 2020, it 2020. says. Um, it Still is old world, which is the same as the... Um, old vine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I'm getting. Old vine versus old world. It's one of, it's one of their blends. It's, they call it their old world blends. Okay. Um, it is a mixture of Barolo, which is a northern Italian grape. Yeah. And Moscato. Ooh, that's why so I thought it might be sweet. sweet. Yeah. But it says dry red. Um, it says we call it old world because it is what the Italian immigrants would make in their basements for their family and friends. So like a house. It's like a house, a house wine. red. Yeah, for, table. Okay. Wine. Yeah. Cool table wine. Yeah. Uh, Winemakers Blend is a family favorite that was one of the first blends we ever made. We have been drinking mm. this wine at, at all our family gatherings for years. It pairs well with steak, roasted chicken, barbecue, blue cheese, and gorgonzola. Ooh. Um, they always, the, one of their logos, one, one thing they always say is all of our wines are made to drink daily. Well, don't, <laughs> don't have to tell me twice. Um, always drink the wine you want and pair it with the food you want. Ooh, I like that. That is great advice. That. Yeah. Yeah. We make suggestions on like what might go well, but wine, just like food is very subjective. People have different tastes. Very different tastes. Oh. You and I, even though we do have very similar tastes. We also have very different ones. Like we're allowed to differ on our reviews of the wine. Um, and you can tell we drink different wines in what the bottles, in what bottles we bring. Absolutely. Like. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I need to broaden my horizons. I try. I try. Um, but yeah, if you're ever, if you happen to stumble into Newcastle, Pennsylvania, I hope you do. Um, definitely stop at Venti Say. It is one of the ma- biggest attractions in Newcastle. So, and I, I don't mean, I don't mean that in like a, uh, I mean that in a good way. It's, yeah. it's a great place. Um, and it's, it's blowing up. It's, I can't wait to, to go one it. day. Yeah. Let's, so, let's do it. Let's get there. So Sarah, can I pour you a glass? Yes. Honestly, I've been waiting. I haven't drank wine since, um, oh. since Friday. What um, happened Friday, Sarah? We went out for my birthday. Okay. Um, you have yet to wish me a happy birthday on the pod, but that's okay. Happy birthday, Sarah, oh, thanks, on the pod. Scotty. <laughs> but yeah, we, I think drank um all the wine in downtown pittsburgh like i don't think there was any left for anyone we bought what two bottles at the warren well we bought one bottle they missed 
And then the bar staff mistakenly opened two bottles. So we're like, just give us that so one. So we drank the one, and then we're like, you know what? I saw you open that second one, and no one else is just going to order a whole bottle. So I don't we think anyone on well. a Friday night is ordering a bottle of Cote de Rhone. <laughs> you never know. So They're not as cool as us. As no. Why. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, so anyways, I've been saving my palate. Okay. for tonight because i haven't drank wine since well i can't wait to try this winemaker's blend with you yeah salud it looks super light compared um to a couple darker wines you've had darker red excuse me like i can see my fingers through the glass when it's on the table it looks like a lighter red maybe that's the moscato mm, yeah i'm kind of smelling blueberries raspberry mm, i'm smelling a little bit of nail polish remover but oh. i don't really expect you to know what that smells like i actually do you I do have, have a twin, twin sister, sister yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do get the blueberry now Dude, that I, he's, i'm yeah. getting that it's dominating yeah. that's the sweet like the sweetness of it mm. um let's give it a, a little taste around whoa okay I like this. I do taste the blueberry a little I, bit. Do you? I taste green grapes. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I'm pulling a Scotty. <laughs> green grapes. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're more a green apple guy, but I am. I taste green grapes and then like a hint of blueberry at the end. It's kind of that mixture of like white grape juice mixed with blueberries. Like that's what yeah. I feel it tastes like it right now. Does, it doesn't taste overly sweet to me. It's smooth. Mm. I wouldn't say it's like I wouldn't say that it's um very tannic or like yeah i would agree with that um but it's it's smooth and there's layers to it though there's layers yeah there like, is because i do get that i'm tasting something completely different now in my mouth than on the first sip like now i'm like oh it's kind of like bready like it tastes kind of like a loaf of bread at the end okay interesting i don't know definitely it definitely like, develops in your mouth it does i get the blueberry at first mm-hmm. uh, i smell it more than i taste it yeah hmm Okay, well, I'm excited to, to drink this. Yeah, we just opened it up. Just opened it up. See how it, it goes throughout the episode. Um, so let's, so let's far, so good. So I, I think it can only go up from here. Absolutely. Well, um, we are going to take a break, and then we will come back, continue drinking, <laughs> and uh, we're going to interview very special guest, yeah. Mama Alde. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. Um, she's a good family friend. She is a huge part of why I love baseball. Um, love that. So I can't I, wait to talk to her. Yeah. I can't wait for everyone to hear her talk. She's amazing. I'm really excited about this one. Amazing. Well, we'll come right back and we'll have a fun discussion with Norma. Let's Salud. do it. Salud. And now we welcome on very special guest, my good family friend, Norma Alday. Welcome to the Falvine Podcast. Thank you, Ms. Sarah, for having me this evening, you and Scotty. We're so happy to have you. Um, just to give a little backstory, Scotty, just for Scotty and all the listeners out there, Norma and I met when I was a wee little lass in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, her late husband, Coach Alde, was the coach for the University of New Mexico Lobos baseball team. And Norma is a huge reason of why I love the game of baseball. She helped me learn how to keep score. I know how to um, give pitchers hard times because of her. I know how to <laughs> chirp all the players because of her. Um, but she's a huge reason of why I love baseball. So I'm so happy to have you on the podcast to talk all things baseball today. Great. Oh, are you kidding? This is a real joy for me, sweetheart. <laughs> 
Norma, I've heard so many great things about you, um, and I'm excited to talk baseball. But first, since this is a podcast about wine and baseball, I have to know, do you like wine at all? Oh, yes. When you're from Arizona, you drink anything that's wet. (laughs) (laughs) What if if you had to choose, what would you say is your favorite type of wine? Um, Well, you know, kind of on the dry side. I don't like, you know, I'm not kind of the sweet person. So depending on the label names you know um just a nice uh, soft blend i enjoy that yes love that that's what I, I think that's what sarah and i like too we like a nice dry italian red or maybe I, i'm speaking there for myself go. i like an italian red but yes yes there you go just you know enjoy drinking it and not that you're drinking grape juice you know <laughs> yeah no one wants that <laughs> we don't want that sweet stuff get that out of here <laughs> so i hadn't talked to you in a while but we had messaged a bit and you had I want to jump into this first you had an idea um why do they call it the foul line when the ball hits the foul line it's fair so can you talk to us a bit more about this and um why you think it's the why you think they should change it well you know and in baseball with with people as they say well I don't understand it it's so long and and I can understand in any sport you know you've got to learn it in anything if you don't know it uh, it it doesn't make sense but by maybe teaching them right off the bat a little bit on how to keep score and how how each player has a number um, some of them don't even know how many balls and strikes you know you tell them you know four balls three strikes and uh, and all that and kind of give them the rules and regulations when the umpire as the game's done, not starting, but you know, everything in the process before the game. So they kind of get the feel of how it all starts. And then the umpires will yell out back in the days, play ball. And so sure enough, I'd, I'd be real happy to teach my background being an elementary art teacher. I, I love to teach and I thought, Oh, good. I can teach baseball here in the, in the bleachers. And it was good. Most people, ladies, girlfriends, grandmothers, uh, uh, you know, other people, guys too, uh, were interested. And so, um, you know, I'm not saying that they always did it the whole nine innings, but at least they kind of connected. And then maybe the next time they came to a game, it made more sense. And and that's really a good thing. But as I was, as we were watching the games, I mean, I would tell them, okay, these lines going down here by from home going out to first, pass first, and, you know, down the line over there outfield is the foul line, and there's a foul pull, and saying the same thing on the uh, pitch, on the uh, right, on the uh, left side of the third base, you know. So, uh, games are going on, and sure enough, maybe not all the time that, you know, specifically every game, but every so often, pretty much, the ball would hit the foul line behind maybe third base or something or outfield. And, uh, you know, of course, the umpire signals fair, fair. And sure enough, I mean, all, pretty much I guess somebody would say, Norm, I thought you said it was foul. How come they say it's fair? <laughs> so right there, it was like they they were right, you know. And yeah. so I thought they, may, they might think I'm teaching them wrong, which made sense. So over the years, I just kept thinking, well, it, to teach anything but you're teaching it and I'm not saying I was teaching incorrectly but just because of what it was called because in tennis it's fair I mean you know other other sports so I thought well doggone it uh just as simple as that is um you know it's still a four-letter word from foul to fair 
So let's change it. And I kept thinking, and I just thought at this stage in my life, I'm, you know, in my golden years here, which I'm still doing a lot of active stuff. I thought I want, you know, they say, you know, leave this world a little bit better. And I thought I've been around baseball since I was born. I would love to do that. And I thought maybe with all these changes anyway, with the committee members or the commissioners or the organization individually, how about if a fan would submit a request? Would it be valid enough for them to acknowledge that, hey, let's do that. We want fans to like our sports. Mm. I definitely think it has some merit. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of in the nutshell. Um, I don't think it's that difficult. I really don't. And I mean, you know, what are the chances every time a fall ball? But sometimes, you know, it it can be crucial in a game or something. I don't know, you know. So I I would just love and um, it's always been in the back of my mind. And now that I'm retired and everything and I'm trying and I adjust to all the changes every season with baseball as it as it comes out, because nothing Mm -hmm. I tell myself is written in stone. So I, I'd like to submit. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I've called over in New York to the commissioner's office. And of course, they give me uh, some committee person and I leave a message. Well, that goes in La La Land. I don't ever get anything <laughs> back. And so I thought, well, and you called uh, oh, a while ago. We, you know, we had kind of when I heard about your uh, a podcast, but, you know, we were just talking how good I'm so happy for you and all that. And that's when I kind of mentioned to you and I thought, well, maybe, you know, we'll get sports fans there that would um, help support me. I just want to know, how do you submit a, uh, you know, a change? I mean, do you petition it or do you request it? And is it a valid submission of a change? Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good question. I'm not sure if MLB has a formal process in place because of the governing body that they are. Um, but I think it's a good place to start. I think a petition is a great place to start. Um, and we can even start it here, helping you on the foul vine. We might have to change our podcast name to the fair vine. Um, if this does actually happen, but it's something I'm willing to do. I think it's a great idea and it's right when you, you're right. Like when you do explain it to other people, it doesn't make sense. Like why is it called the foul line? If the ball hits it and it's fair. (laughs) Uh, yeah, right there, it just shoots me out. As we say here in Arizona, you know, I can shoot you off the saddle. <laughs> and so I thought, well, okay. And I don't have anything to come back with because it's been that way since day one of baseball, you know. So, but I, I tell them, well, yeah, you're right, aren't you? You're right. You're paying attention to learning the, the, the game and how to score. And I'm proud of them for, uh, you know, being attentive to that, you know, and asking that. So, um I, I love this. Ahead, no, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I, I love this idea. I think we're going to have to put this on our social media, engage, like we'll, we'll okay. get people's opinions on it. Um, we'll get it in front of the right person, I think. But um, I love this idea. Sarah told me about this uh, maybe last weekend and it really made me think, I'm like, wow, I've never thought about it like this. So um, <laughs> great idea. Yeah. It, speaking of changes though, what, what do you like the new changes that happened in baseball this year? Well, you know, and I guess too, you guys, you know, I've been around it since back in the forties. Well, I was born back in the forties, but you know, I can understand. And I know where people will say, well, it's slow. And, but I don't know, to some degree, you know, I, I think the pendulum can, is supposed to be in the middle in order for the Agreed. you know clock to work. Sometimes 
you can go too much to one side. But now, I mean, I know a lot of times I would see mothers that would come and they say, you know, this is a first, I love coming to the ball game because I can sit and they'll bring their knitting or something and not because they have to do anything, but in between uh, innings or maybe there's a pitching change or the, uh, you know, one of the coaches goes out to the mound, there's a, you know, a little, and so it's a real calming thing that, that they just think it's not like it's by the clock or, you know, it's halftime. So everybody has to go to the concession stand. Everybody has to go to the bathroom, you know, in between innings, you, you know, you go. And so I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I grew up with that. It didn't bother me. I mean, I, I think it was good that they hustled in and out. I think that helped a lot, you know, not just kind of just strolling up to each position, but I just don't know if it's, I hope it's not to the point that, you're in a hurry. I mean, you know, I know they have a the time clock, which I think has helped. I think that's a good thing, yeah, you know, for sure. but, for and even now at Scotty, you asking me, look at this thing in college uh, athletics with, with this portal thing. I thought, I well, didn't they think it out thinking, well, we have to give a limited amount that you do this. It's like the wild um, west I, right now. <laughs> Yes. I mean, okay, maybe, you know, maybe, and before I know, because my husband was a coach that, you know, if you did transfer, you had to sit out a year, yes. but uh, you know, and, and whatever stipulation within your conference, unless you went to another conference and, and I'm not an authority on any of this, but I know a little bit, but now it's just like, so uh, do, do they build an alum uh, staff of, of people, you know, uh, graduates, uh, athletes or, you know, it's, is, is it for the money too, of course. And of course the schools too. So, I mean, there's enough on both sides. I understand, you know, I, I think I can understand that, but I'm glad baseball, you know, I think they wanted, they, they should do a, you know, a good thing, but they've got to be careful because then I don't know if you're just going to lose the sense of the game. Yeah. I, I think you I'm know? with you on that. Cause I'm more of a baseball traditionalist. Like I, as a hardcore baseball fan, I don't, I like the game the way it is and I don't want it to change and I don't want to change it just for a casual fan. <laughs> um, I don't care how long the game is. I, I I like the way it is, but if I am open to change, if it's going to make the game better, um, I just hope they don't like after these changes last year, they're already talking about shortening the clock even more. And I think it's way, way, way too soon to even consider more changes. You have to let this stuff play out for a few years and and um I, and I just hope it I, out. exactly I hope they don't get too change happy because I think baseball's in a really good spot like their ratings were the highest they've ever they've been since like the 90s I think late 90s last year so um I, I don't know I, I'm open to it if yeah. it makes the game better but I hope it, they don't get too change happy and I think you hit the nail on the head there Scotty uh you make the change but give it three, four years and see how it's doing. You just yeah. then don't keep changing, changing, you know, um, yeah. you, you know, you gotta, you gotta see that it's working that um, people uh, for the purpose of the sport. I mean, like you say, a casual fan is not going to care anyway. They come exactly. periodically, but yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I just, like I say, it's a great sport. Um, you know, uh, any sport. I mean, I'm, I'm my husband and I and being around sports all our life, you know, we love when it's football season, we love, you know, March Madness or the playoffs and the, you know, NBA and all that, but you've got to not ruin it just because you have to change. I mean, you know, have the fan really be there 
uh, in, you know, with your decisions. Yeah, keep the integrity. I mean, keep how fast can make it if they're going to change the clock again? Yeah, right. I don't know how fast. Um... Yeah, I I think they I think they said something about moving it down or decreasing the clock by like three or four seconds, depending on like when a guy's on base versus when there's no runners on base. Um, but still, like I said, they, they should wait a few years, let the play, let it play out. See if hurrying these guys on the mound is actually leading to injury. You have enough data to, after a few years to look at that. Cause there were a lot of pitcher injuries this year, uh, but maybe too soon to, to correlate it to the, the clock. Uh, regardless, I think they should, they should let it, let it play out and see what happens here. You know, not to say they can't be changed, but let's see how it goes. That's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Yeah, I agree. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I let's take it back. You mentioned that you've literally been a part of the game since you were born. Um, what does that mean? How How did that come about? <laughs> well, this is crazy, but um, <laughs> I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Um, my dad is you know, we're what second generation here in Tucson and he played here at Tucson high school, which, you know, back in the days, uh, in the early forties was the, the first high school, just like in Albuquerque, Albuquerque high was the first high school, you know, things like that. Well, when he graduated in 42, he got drafted by the Yankees. And if yeah. you think about it, how the baseball back in the, back in those days was kind of East coast. So for him to have been recruited, from the West coast so far that they were recruiting him. And um, in fact, I even have his car the, after he passed and you know how, you, you know, I mean, he, he was very proud and honored and he, he did play for a number of years, triple uh, a actually. And he, uh, they, um, uh, a dear friend of ours who I think in a little bit, I'll, you might ask me some questions on him. Uh, told us that, you know, the Yankees were all, was, were the powerhouse back in the early 40s. And their best club in the major leagues was uh, the Yankees. Well, the second best team was their AAA club. And they wouldn't trade you. Well, that's where my father got. I, I mean, he wasn't stuck there. He loved playing. But you did, they didn't trade you. You know, so yeah. um, in saying that, then he did go and play with them. I mean, we, he went to played in an organization there with the Yankees in Binghamton, New York and in Newark, New Jersey. And then he was over in Kansas city. And then when they had the Pacific coast league in San Diego, they took their, you know, went there and stuff in the winter. Fortunately, they would send the pitching staff, not just the Yankee organization, but other organizations down here in Mexico, down from Tucson, it's the border is about 60 miles. And it was the Mexican League, which was the uh, very big professional baseball club teams back then, the big time baseball. So they would send their pitching staff down there to continue to pitch during the winter time. So fortunately, being that we, we were from Tucson, that was a nice connection. You know, it wasn't that far from home. And then, of course, then the season started and, he, you know, we went back to wherever they, they um, assigned him for, you know, the AAA and all. So just been around baseball uh, a lot. And then um, my dad ended up, uh, you know, retiring out of baseball after what, seven years, eight years. And then he did a lot of community service here in Tucson. I mean, he always thought, um, you know, base, as they say, baseball was good to me. <laughs> and so 
Um, he did a lot of, especially because during the early 1940s, World War II was on. And he always said he wanted to help any of the vets. And a lot of times they would have fundraisers. And like he says, the only thing I can, I know is baseball. And yet, Ty Corbett here was the professional baseball team for the Cleveland Indians for spring training. So he was able, because he knew the uh, baseball people within the organization, they would let him use the Cleveland Indian ball field, not during spring training when they were here, but, you know, after they left and stuff. So he, my father was able to um, have uh, uh, tournaments. And he had some really good tournaments. And a lot of times it would be for the Marine Corps or the, the Foreign Legion. It, it, it depend. And he even had at times the Shriners. They wanted to do a burn center here at St. Mary's Hospital back in the, um, you know, 60s. And but they needed the community to really support it. And so my dad said, well, we can have an annual tournament if that would help. And sure enough, it was very successful. The burn center was made. It was uh, established here with the Shriners. It's it just closed recently, and it's in Phoenix now. But he was always very proud of that. You know, uh, just you know, you just never know how your life can be with uh, anything that can happen. So he just loved baseball and loved people and loved kids, and so he did. I mean, that was just a. Uh, it was just kind of you know. Uh, he was always grateful for baseball and, and that was his one key to help out. Wow. Well, I, I, I'm sure you know this about Sarah and Norma, but I'm, I'm also a bit, I'm, I'm a huge Yankee fan, grew up a Yankee fan. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Scotty. Yeah. Now, do you go by Scott or Scott? Scotty. Uh, <laughs> uh, Scotty. I, I, I both. Okay. It, I get multiple people call me both. So um, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't prefer either one, but. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I grew up a huge Yankee fan. Um, and, um, yeah, my grandfather actually was the one who influenced that. And, um, I'm just curious, what position did your dad play? And did he play with any of like the big, uh, Yankee guys in the forties, fifties? Yes. He, well, he was a pitcher. He was a right-handed pitcher. Nice. And, uh, actually he's, he was there in the organization and Casey Stingle was not, he was uh -huh. in the triple A. He was the manager then. I mean, now he went back, he went to the majors, you know, later on, but this was early in the forties, you know, uh, early forties, mid forties. And I'm, I'm not sure when he actually, cause you know, I think he did manage the uh, major league then, Oh yeah, yeah. but coming up with him was uh, Whitey Ford. Wow. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, Yogi Bear was coming up too. Elston Howard was coming up with him. Yogi Bear is a, some... Yogi Bear is a, f a family favorite of our. Our dog is named Yogi. My parents' dog. So <laughs> <laughs> that's Beautiful. what is your what is your dad's name, by the way? What was your dad's name? His name is Joe Valenzuela. Okay. Wow. Uh huh. And uh, you know he. Um, uh, there, uh, Joe DiMaggio was coming up also, and he was a little bit younger, but he was still, you know, pretty, a, a big, um, uh, you know, a ball player coming up. And, uh, and then, um, you know, he, he played and uh, he, I mean, like he said, you just back then you did what they told you or wherever they assigned you. And, and he said, you know, you, you like, um, you know, a dear friend that, and then, 
Lefty Gomez was playing, and then he was kind of still in the organization with the Yankees, and then he got they put him. And I, I, I don't, I'm sure because of his great career with the organization, they wanted him to still to stay in some capacity. So they got him in a coaching, assistant coaching down in the majors. Oh, wow. And, um, and yeah, in the, well, the minor league in the AAA. And so my dad played for him also. So that was kind of going on. And of course, Whitey Ford went and, and uh, I've got, you know, I mean, it's amazing. You don't realize how things, because my father, I mean, we knew he had played pro ball, but never realized until after, of course, he passed away and then my mom passed away. But then, of course, you're going into going through the house and closets and this and that. And there were some beautiful albums with articles back in the day. And we thought, oh, my gosh. And in <laughs> fact, there was a the little business card of William Essex, E-S-S-I-C-K, who was the agent, was the, um, was the uh, scout that, that scouted, that uh, signed my father. Mm, and when cool. I was born in 48, there was a little car, his card with a little thing that says, Joe and Mary, congratulations on your new baby. I, I think he may not have known if it was a boy or a girl, but, <laughs> and it shows my father with two pictures with a bouquet of flowers and those old-fashioned baskets, those kind of stand-up baskets. Yeah. And, you know, it's a black and white. So it's very treasured that it was in this, all this stuff is in these albums, you know? I mean, there, it's just treasure for my family. And, you know, you know, I'll, I'll be passing it on. I mean, I have it because I was the oldest and my dad was really funny. He was quite a... A, a gentleman a character but he ends up with four girls <laughs> and I was the oldest and he said I don't know what the good lord was thinking but he sent me four damn umpires <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing oh my gosh <laughs> you're calling the strike zone I'm sure it was pretty tight there Norma <laughs> so you know just totally blessed and then um you know uh, Lefty Gomez once he kind of was out of baseball but he certainly was the ambassador to baseball in major league and he was he would come down to spring training here uh in fact he was a representative for wilson and you know he would have little signing sessions and just come and you know hang out here for a few days and then of course the the other organizations were up in phoenix but we didn't live that far from high corbett field here in tucson and he always would come over for for dinner or lunch, depending on his schedule. You know, maybe some season he wouldn't make it, but he would. I mean, we have photos of him in the kitchen just talking old baseball. And my husband was like a little kid. You thought he died and went to heaven. <laughs> I'm sure. That's was so amazing. Was yes. I mean, he just thought. And, of course, Lefty could, could relate to, I mean, you're talking – you know, he was a a a, a, a ball player. Uh, you know, uh, with with um, you know, uh, Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. And Babe Ruth, he yeah. said a lot of times was his roommate because um, they want to make sure that he would behave. And well, Babe <laughs> Ruth was one of a kind. I mean, hey, he was. I think he was great. You know, I mean, not too many people can do what he did, and yet he was a great ball player. So, yeah, uh, yeah. 
That's amazing. I can't believe you're just hanging out with. Yeah, very special, casually hanging out with Lefty Gomez. Um, But speaking of treasures, I still have um, a baseball shirt that you made me. It's a red shirt with a little pocket, a red t-shirt with a little pocket, and it has all the little baseball pins. It has a little bat pin, a little baseball, um, a little glove, and you gave it to (laughs) me um, when we when I, my brother was a bat boy for the University of Mexico Lobos, which is how my family came to meet yours. Um, so you went from your father working in, um, working in baseball, playing in baseball, and then you married into baseball as well. Um, talking about coach and all that he did and how we intersected at UNM, but what was that like being married to a baseball coach? Well, you know, Miss Sarah, and, and you knew him, he was, he was a good coach, not because he was my husband, but, um, you know, you're really, and I think that's another thing that makes baseball so special. I mean, the game isn't over until the fat lady sings, you know, (laughs) so you're the most optimistic person in the whole world because you can be in the bottom of the ninth losing and you still have a chance. I mean, you know, maybe slim to none, but it's not like basketball or football where you're again the clock you know mm. but it it was it was um I think because of my background and, and upbringing I, it helped a lot because he had to recruit he had to go out and see, uh you know go to tournaments and see um ball players of course at there at the University of New Mexico we have beautiful memories I mean people love their sport of course in basketball the pit is there yeah. and that's that's <laughs> phenomenal place to just see a, a basketball game and football was pretty decent you know but um, with all that I I think I I hope that I helped him because he, he didn't worry anything about about the house or family because he was busy and yet he he was a good family man you know I'm not saying uh you know I mean it was just a combination he said he would say he says we're a good team and I guess Mm -hmm. you know being around sports then that's good to have a good team you know yeah you guys are the best team in my eyes (laughs) oh thank you Miss Sarah but uh he was a disciplinarian uh he grew up back in the days with um coaches um you know and uh he, he used to tell I mean I could remember some of his speeches not that I was there when the season started in the fall and they're having practice but you know off and on I hear him say he said I don't have many many rules but the rules that I have are black and white and so they knew and and yet if they wanted to come early to hit or stay late to hit uh I mean his hours a lot of times we would be having dinner at nine o'clock at night or something. I mean, it just depends. And, um, you know, but he loved being a coach and he was a good coach. I, you know, I mean, I, of course I'm being, I'm mm-hmm. from being because I'm married to him, but, uh, you know, <laughs> he, he played sports in high school. We were high school sweethearts since we were, we knew each other since we were 15. And so um, cute. Yeah, and, you know, I played softball back in the days, of course, not now, but great, uh, you know, <laughs> things they have, girl, girl, girls' athletics and stuff, which is good, you know, that, that came around, so, so it was just a good fit, so, yeah, but it is was, hard, I, I, yes, it is hard, and, and I knew when, you know, if he came home, and I would be at the game, too, you know, you'd see me there a, a lot, but, 
you know, you just give them time to, you know, maybe he wouldn't talk or maybe he would talk or, you know, but it, yeah. it, it worked, you know, it, it really did. Excuse me. I do think that baseball wives are the unsung heroes because the the amount of stuff that they put up with the schedules alone let alone like the egos or the attitudes it's just so much so um i can't even imagine but i know you guys made a really great team um i want to talk a little bit about the olympics and how was that for you like i know coach his name's rich holiday for those of you if i haven't mentioned it already um but he coached in a usa team and um were you able to go to the games and what was that like being a part of the Olympic experience? Well, that was an honor. It was, you know, and a a thrill. And you're talking about, um, you know, first of all, representing your country and proud. And he was, uh, he was with the Olympics in 88. And they, they went to, went to Seoul and they won the gold then. And um, it was, I mean, he had ballplayers like, um, um, Jim Abbott, who played at, he was a pitcher at Michigan, and I don't know if, if your viewers know that um, he was uh, a, a young man that was born with, uh, he, you know, he was born fine, but one of, he had both arms well, but his one um, left hand, his uh, fingers didn't develop, and uh and yet I met his parents when we were in the world games and, and great parents and everything. And the mother told me we were sitting one time because here her son was a pitcher. And she said, when he was a young little boy playing, we wanted him to be an outfielder because we just thought, well, but one time, and, they, and she was, she's a nurse. She was a nurse. I think she's retired. I'm sure now, but of course they tried to fit him with prosthesis in any way they could to see if it would help him catch the ball and, and just be out in field. But no, and one day she told me, she says, you know, Norma, he came up to my husband and I, he just says, mom, dad, I want to play baseball, but I need to play it my way. And that at that point, she says, we never bothered him. And there he goes up on the mound. He was a little eager and he continued and there he was. And the rest is history. You know, he played at Michigan and he played, uh, with the angels. And I believe he has a perfect game with the Yankees. I, I think he does. I think you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember seeing videos mm-hmm. of him, like with his glove, he would, I think he had it on his elbow, if I'm not mistaken. And he, it, Scotty, you would go crazy when we were and then And then we, and a second time that my, they asked my husband to be an assistant coach with the Olympics was in, uh, in, in uh, 96, but uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump into that, but, no, when no. when a uh, Jim was with us, and you're talking Tino Martinez was there, Robin Ventura, oh, Ben my. McDonald, <laughs> Ben McDonald, uh, um, Scott Service, the one that's over with um, oh, with the Mariners, Seattle. he's the Mariners head yeah, manager, Mariners. yeah, yeah, uh huh. And there's some other guys, uh, but anyway, but I wish you could have seen when we were there because we before we went to the Olympics, we were in in. Uh, Italy and we toured there they had they had a lot of or, uh, t- uh, countries there touring uh, playing ball before we went to Seoul but I, there were a lot of Latin countries and of course the big countries that was good in baseball back in in the day were, were the Cubans they probably every time Jim Abbott would pitch uh, you know be on the mound 
they probably bunted like maybe 90, 98% of the time. Oh, that's, they thought, <laughs> that's funny. But you should have seen that guy, Scotty, you hit the nail on the head. He had that glove and he maneuvered it by flipping it, putting it on his other hand, getting the ball with his good hand. He got, he got the guys out, the runners out every time. That's, that's amazing. That's he inspirational. Did. Well, thank you. I think so too. I think kids, and you know what, while we were there, I, I, what was fortunate about being in Italy is that being of Spanish descent myself, you can talk, sure, understand Italian yeah. pretty good. And I did, I was able to converse pretty well. And this one gentleman who, who spoke quite well in uh, English, and he was uh, there, one of the promoters there with the, with the Olympics. He said, only in America would a young man be able to do this and do something that he loves so and true. play. And he said, because here in our country, maybe the benefits would not be as successful and he might just be selling newspapers on the corner. Mm, I just and got goosebumps. That is so kids. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm sharing this with you kids and, and, your, and your, your fans out there. Because you, it's all a learning process. I, I have learned, and I'm still learning. You know, I'm 75, and I remember my grandfather said, "Mijita, learn every day something." And like I said, when I was over there, and I heard this gentleman say that, "Oh my gosh!" I, I, I look, look at, I even have goosebumps now. I thought, how we do take things for granted in our country that mm -hmm. other countries just wow you know america is so lucky so true and i'll never forget that I, I i never forgot that and at times if maybe someone's having a hard time or you know i said no don't give up you know if you want to do it you know but it's you learn something i i learn something every day and i and i hope i always will you know yeah same that's that's the whole point of life keep learning mm -hmm. um what I want to talk a little bit more about Tino Martinez because Scotty does love the Yankees so much and so do I. What was that like, like looking back, knowing who he is now? What was it like having him um, at the beginning of his career? Oh, these guys were unbelievable, you know, because I didn't realize this. I mean, I, I've learned a lot, you know, in all, all areas, but when when you get these guys, most of these guys, Olson got drafted by the Orioles, if I remember. My goodness, I can't even think. I can't even think. I can't even believe I'm remembering this. But <laughs> they all had time out of college, you know, and and so they had pro contracts. Mm -hmm. Now, if you get asked to play on the Olympics, I understand your organization has to allow you to go because you're under contract with them. I mean, if something would happen that they got hurt while they were right. practiced with the Olympics and the only organization, and, and this is why I remember Olsen with the Baltimore Orioles, they would not allow him to be on the Olympic team and go. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So all these guys that were able to attend and play and, and, uh, and participate, you know, and like you were mentioning Tino, they were just, Good old guys. Uh, we were lucky enough because Ambrose was a bat, the bat boy, our son. So cool. And he was nine years old, and here he is with all these. And he, they were just ball players. I mean, you know, they were going to start their baseball careers uh, professionally after the Olympics. 
you know, well, however they ended up, uh, you know, with the ribbon or whatever. Of course, they did get a, a gold ribbon. They, they yeah. got the gold medal. Gold medal, I should say. <laughs> but uh, these guys were just as down to earth. They would ring our, do- our doorbell at the hotel. And they, all the hotels had these big playrooms with um, uh, the machines, the old-fashioned uh, pinball machines like and, oh, and cool. video kind of. So they kind of would say, they would say, well, we want to go, but lot, there's a lot of little kids. But if we take Ambrose, it's like he's our little brother. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys were priceless. Good, good guys. Well, that's good to yeah. hear. They say never meet your heroes, but I'm glad to hear that Tino Martinez was a stand-up guy or is one, I should say. All, a lot, all of them were really, all of them. If you look up that, that year of the Olympic, every one of them were just you know they represented the country they were proud and um and we were so proud you know gentlemen all the time and um you know it it was an honor this this is actually why i refuse to meet derek jeter because i refuse to believe that he's not a stand-up guy <laughs> i'm kidding well i can't believe now who is saying that they're gonna have to talk you know fight with you and i Scotty. I, I will i will fight with anyone on derek jeter i've, I've had some fights recently with people at, at work talking about derek jeter and i'm like you can't say one bad word about that guy. So Well, you know, in life is life. I mean, maybe he has a bad day or something and he just, Sure. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you kind of snap and maybe, you know, but, or he's mad at himself because he's struggling or he hasn't been hitting well, or, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, when you're in the public, you're supposed to be, you know, Mr. Sunshine all the time. Well, you're allowed to have your moments, I would think. Yeah, and and in the New York City public, I feel like he handled it very well. <laughs> so it, there you go, easy. Scott. Big time, big yeah. time. That's very true. That's very true. That you know, there those fans uh, demand, <laughs> you know, and they're used to it too. I guess is the is the thing. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of fans being used to something, I'm guessing Arizona fans were not used to the Diamondbacks being that good this year was Tucson I know Phoenix was going crazy but was Tucson also very excited for the Diamondbacks in the World Series we were we were yes you know because um you know um they had won some time ago but it'd been a little while but you know they beat our Yankees we don't like to talk about that one Norma (laughs) yeah yeah that's what we were kind of both that way too here but uh, (laughs) so then you know you try to justify and you go okay you know we won some time ago the Rangers haven't so okay you know so you you just kind of leave it on the field and say okay as the as the Chicago Cub fans will say well there's always next year (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) diehard fans yeah, so we were, everybody was excited and just ho- hope that, you know, you, 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 like coach would say, you know, you play hard between the lines and you leave it there. <laughs> mm, I like that. It's a good saying. Well, I think we'll leave it at that. I don't think we can top that. Um, but I'm just so, so happy that you came on and I love talking with you. You're the best. You're, you're mi abuelito and te amo mucho. I'm just so happy you came on. Well, I hope, dear ones, that maybe down the road you two can come and be in Arizona. And, you know, I mean, it's been a while, Sarah, but, you know, that's it, though. Once you make a connection in, in your life with people that are good and, and and everything, you treasure it. People, you know, everything everything is a moment and, and, and a memory. And I'll never mm-hmm. forget that. Your little brother, too. 
there he was with the bats. He knew exactly what ounce bats each ball player had, you know, know. And, so and, funny, you know, he was precious and I still stay in contact with him. So, um, and your parents, but you know, it's for the love of the game. And then you continue that on in your life for the love of your life too. Yeah. I mean, you really taught me so much. I, I will leave it with this. This is a norm Norma ism that everyone should learn chirping out a pitcher or just telling him to get better. Just rock and fire, baby, rock and fire. <laughs> and of course he loves the guys calling him Nate dog. You got to have a nickname in baseball. Oh yeah. Nate dog is just a classic bat boy name. Yeah. I mean, cause his, his name was, is Nathaniel, but of course, you know, and the boys love to put the smear stuff on him. And yeah. <laughs> Nate dog. So, but that's all baseball. That's priceless. <laughs> just so good. Norma, this was this was a pleasure. I feel like I could talk Yankees with you for hours. Um, I know oh. there's going to be a, a lot of fans of ours that like the Yankees that are going to really enjoy this conversation. So um, this was a pleasure. We'll have to do this again. And uh, it was a, it was a pleasure oh. meeting you. Well, thank you so much, you kids, and and good luck with your podcast and and keep it uh, positive and tell people to be happy and. It's a game, yes, but uh, hey, like Coach said, you leave it on the field and, you know, it, it, it's good. You, then the next day you c- compete again, but, you know, life is so precious and, and, and it, it goes so fast. Yeah, it really so does. Thank leave you it. for having me. Yes, thank you so much. We'll leave it in between the white lines. What we call the white lines, whether they're foul or fair, remains to be seen. We'll let you know if anyone on our social media has an opinion about it and I'm, I'm ready to or get this petition going on how I, we can submit this. I would really like, I mean, you know, when you're on a fan in the bleachers is different when you're trying to submit something to the, the big right. leagues, you know, yeah, we'll how, see, but it would be great. I, I think it would be, it's a, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It definitely is a good conversation starter if nothing else, but yeah, definitely ready to move forward and we'll see what the the listeners have to say about it but thank you so much norma thank for coming you. on i love you so much thank, thank you, you. Safe. god bless love you so much talk soon all righty so now so we'll... okay now we're good all right sarah we are back um we are that was a fun interview with norma she's the best uh she was awesome i understand why you love her and <laughs> why how she she's reminds me of you that's nice to say <laughs> that's really surprising to hear <laughs> nice to say <laughs> <laughs> just loves baseball um she does and the yankees so yeah that's true that is true and as well um okay I think we should re-record that. Yeah, we should. That was I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm doctor yet. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> just say we're back. That all was right, great. All right, all right. Okay. All right, Sarah, we are back. That was great. It was fun time. Norma's the best. The best. Um, now we're gonna get into who uh, some vibes. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I'm laughing. I don't know if you're making me laugh. Then. All righty, we're gonna get into some vibes, and as always, we have my tea. Scott T's. Scott T's. Yeah. And we have your names. Can we start off with your names, please? Yes. Names of the week. Names of the week. Okay. My names of the week. Um, we haven't got into like all the trades and everything that happened, so I'll start us off. One was Joey Wendell. He was a free agent signing, which was kind of fun. Nice. Um, and he had, that's just a fun name. 
It Wendell, is. like it's weird and wonderful and wonderful. Wonderful. He's wonderful. Yeah. It does sound like I have a bad accent. Don't <laughs> know how to say wonderful. He's wonderful. Um, his full name, Joseph Patrick Wendell. Mm. Um, inf- big infield utility guy. If you haven't heard of him, I remember him mostly from being on the Rays, and I'm guessing that's where most people know him from. Um, but he was not drafted by the Rays. Do you know who he was drafted by? And year and out of what or any draft i know knowledge? where he went to college because he's a pa guy he went uh, to westchester that's right um that's why i thought you would know a little bit else I, but I, only I, the college yeah where it was i thought he was drafted by the rays where was he no drafted? he was actually drafted by cleveland wow yeah in 2012 in the sixth round wow yeah okay. crazy right okay so then this is what happened here's his transaction history um thank you baseball reference so he got traded in 2014 to Oakland for Brandon Moss. I don't know if you remember know. Brandon Moss. I remember Brandon Moss was a pirate. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he got traded for Brandon Moss and then debuted with Oakland in 2016. So he was with Oakland. Like, I didn't even remember him in Oakland at all. I don't really either. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I only remember him on the Me race. too. I thought he came up with them, all this stuff. But no, he was traded um, to Oakland by the guardians um and then in 2017 after he had made his debut with oakland he was traded to tampa bay for jonah heim who was a at that point a player to be named later wow look uh, at crazy wow. world series champ jonah yeah. heim um and then in 2021 he was traded to miami from the rays for a minor leaguer um and now he's a free agent and signed with the mets yeah crazy so that's a little bit about Joey Wendell, Joey Wendellful. Um, fun fact, he was born in Delaware. Actually, Interesting. So Thought he's he a Philly from, guy, Philly area. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Joey Wendell. And then, or Joey Wendellful, excuse me. I have a, I have a funny feeling I know where you're going with the old timer. Okay, give it a guess. Turk Wendell. I was thinking, but then I saw another name. Okay. Which is just too good to pass up. Wendell McGee. Oh my God, McGee! <laughs> McGee! Every time, if your name last name is McGee or McGee, yeah, I'm McGee. choosing you. That's absolutely Wendell right. McGee. His full name is Wendell Errol McGee. Wendell Errol. It kind of sounds like Wendellful. Wendellful. Wendellful yeah. McGee. <laughs> it's so good. This bit is going on. T- <laughs> no, no, no such not thing. It's a, too long of a bit, and that's just a rule. Um, he was an outfielder. Poor guy had a career war of point one. Oh, so not the best. Um, he, My truck gets that one game. Yeah, seriously. He was drafted in 94. Um, mm. I'm guessing you don't know. No. But he, um, in the 12th round from Samford University. That's not Stanford. Alabama. There you go. That's a keen difference mm. there. Not Stanford of California, but Samford of Alabama. He debuted in 96 with the Phillies. Excuse me. He was drafted by the Phillies and debuted two years later. So pretty, it's pretty quick. fast track. Um and then in 2000 was traded to the Tigers. Um, and in 2002, he became a free agent with the Tigers and traveled, like got picked up and signed and released and all this other stuff, but um, hasn't played a game since 2002. Um, so he's only technically played for two teams, even though after he became a free agent, he kind of mm. got tossed around a bit, but he never played in the majors again. Interesting. So short career. Short career, than ter- 96 than to 02. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's Wendellful McGee for you, and that are my names of the week. Love it. Love it. Very Wendellful, Sarah. Thanks, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> we have um, a lot of news to capture this week. Um, I 
I think I am going to end with my tea. Perfect. That's a great idea. Um, I'm going to go with around the league first. We have some coaching and uh, front office hires. Yeah, a lot's been going on on the back end. It's funny it's yeah. called the front office. But I know, really it's more like the back the office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Mets hired John Gibbons as a bench coach. Gibby was a, a catcher on the 86 Mets. Um, I don't think he was on the World Series roster, but he was on that team. I think he might have been on the was roster. He? Yeah. I uh, he's I, I just know he started his career with the Mets and then he w- then obviously was a manager with the Blue Jays throughout their ALCS run with B- Bautista and mm. all those guys. So, a uh, good hire that brings uh some experience to the clubhouse. Yeah. So, um there is also uh, some front office hires. Gabe Kapler was hired as assistant GM in Miami. Crazy. Goes back to the front office because he was player development for the Dodgers. Yes, which it's so funny when I think when former um, players become farm directors, there needs to be more leadership development and like they need to really understand how it works. I obviously am a big proponent of leadership development, especially within baseball. It's like something I'm very passionate about. So to see this transition, I just know like obviously it wasn't working out with him as a player development no. guy with the Dodgers. Why is he back in the front office at a higher position <laughs> and hasn't gotten any training? Like just because your name's Gabe Kapler doesn't mean you know how to be an assistant GM. Like it really kind of grinds my gears because yeah. like he people put in the work to learn how baseball teams are run, what it's like people go to get an mba and, and like keep getting the job yeah he yeah. really doesn't he may have leadership experience but he doesn't actually know what's going on or maybe he will and take the time to learn what's going on before inserting himself but it's just going to be another sad case scenario of a former major leaguer thinking they can, just gets keeps getting jobs yeah keeps getting jobs higher and higher even though they don't have the experience it's really frustrating i i hear you there sarah i hear you there we also had like i think the best job in baseball is when you're special assistant that's like, the goal right yeah that's the goal you don't do anything you, you just, just wear khakis and yeah. make your tea time chris archer joined the dodgers as a special assistant in baseball ops and yadi molina got the same role with the cardinals that was I- inevitable interesting chris archer with the dodgers I know, I, of that, all teams i was surprised yeah. but good for him i actually think he's the kind of guy who's going to learn and ha- learn how it works and like he has a really driven mentality and i've always liked him as a player so maybe i have a little bias there but i still don't think it's i mean what are they going to provide like just show up hit bp and talk to players yeah exactly at spring training talk about their experiences yeah. And stuff. yeah which is valuable but i don't know if you get special assistant to the gm just come in as a player like i don't know be a consultant yeah it's weird but good for them they're still in the game they want to be in the game and i actually like chris archer so i'm not gonna rag on him too yeah much. no that's, <laughs> that's cool good for chris archer good for yachty um some award uh, a couple of awards that were put, given out uh post mvp al and nl comeback player of the year liam hendricks of the white Sox and cody bellinger of the cubs won their those awards yeah liam hendricks should get that just as a human yeah not I as agree. a baseball player great human being um and then the relievers of the year al was felix bautista mm. and nl was devin williams for the mm. brewers Felix Bautista is out all next year for the Orioles with Tommy John. Um, there's also the Edgar Martinez Outstanding DH Award, and Shohei won it for the third straight year. What isn't Shohei winning? I Honestly, if he came in to relief, he would have been a reliever of the year. Yeah, like, very true. Wouldn't be he surprised. Would, <laughs> what wouldn't surprise me at all 
Um, we also have. Um, oh, I forgot to mention Nelson Cruz was hired, also hired by the Dodgers oh, as an uh, advisor. Wow. So that was another one. Interesting. That I had. So Nelson Cruz and Chris Archer. Nelson Cruz is a great immaculate grid name. Oh, no, he has played for Rich Hill, every Nelson team Cruz, <laughs> and Octavio Jota. Oh, good one. Yeah. Um, we have uh, some other news. Jim Leland was elected to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Awesome. I really hope that his plaque has a heater hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> that would be amazing. And a little video below it of him uh, cussing out Barry Bonds. <laughs> at Pirates Pride. That's one of my favorite videos. That should go into the Hall of Fame with him. 100%. For sure. um, Jim Leland still lives in Pittsburgh. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. He's, a big he's really gritty, yeah. so that makes so much sense. Can oh, you yeah. name the four teams that he's managed? Uh, Pirates, Mar- Marlins, Rockies, Tigers. Nice. And they were the Florida Marlins, too. Florida Marlins. Yeah. He won the 97 World Series. Not a big dude. Yeah, his son was actually my age and was, like, you know, one of the better high school players in the area. Uh, he that went to sense. Bishop Canavan. It's this Catholic school outside of Pittsburgh. Um, I think he got drafted by the Tigers, of course. Yeah. Manager. So, um, yeah, congrats, Jimmy Lees. Yeah, congrats to Jimmy Leland. Gritty I, guy. When I think of the winter meetings... Um, I think of Jim Leland, seeing Jim Leland outside the hotel in San Diego, just smoking darts. I was like, yeah. this is this is amazing. This is an American treasure right here. Uh, I think I saw Ron Washington, Washington smoking outside of the Fairmont <laughs> downtown. So nice. <laughs> another one. Yeah, they're, they're classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had a couple managers extended. We had Rob Thompson of the Phillies extended through 2025. Obviously, that was a no-brainer by the Phillies. No-brainer. And then A.J. Hinch, I don't know the terms, but he was extended in Detroit. Interesting. So that's an interesting team. I'm a little befuddled by. Um, so I'm excited to see kind of what comes out of it, especially after anyone can win the central. Why isn't someone just jumping on? Yeah. The, Kenta yeah. Maeda now there. I mean, yeah. hobby bias signing is just a disaster. I, I don't know. I would why, try to eat as much as that as, as I could. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. This, Like you said, the AL central is anyone's for the taking. Yeah. Probably the twins for the losing. Yeah. Um, and then, so uh, during the winter, winter meetings this week, we had uh, Tuesday, we had the MLB draft lottery. Um, the results, I'll give you the top 10. Okay. The Guardians won the lottery. They had a 2% chance Crazy. to uh, get the top pick. And the Reds, so it's an Ohio draft, the Reds got the second pick with a 0.9% chance of getting the f- top pick. They had the same odds as the Yankees, is the same record. The Yankees didn't even get in the lottery. Isn't that, wait, just, okay. The Yankees and the Reds finished 2023 with the same record. If I told you that this time last year, you would have slapped me. You've uh, been yeah. like, shut the fuck up, Sarah. Yeah, there's that no There's no way. Yeah. But now you're like, oh my gosh, that's how horrible, excuse me, the Yankees were this yeah. past year. Just mid. That's a cool kid and say that, And the Reds had a good year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, one of the best. Standards, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it goes Guardians, Reds, Rockies, A's, White Sox. Top Who clock. had the um, highest percentage? The A's. Okay. And they so finished. Four. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, the Royals did, and there's seven. Interesting. Or no, six. So it goes Guardians, Reds, Rockies, Athletics, White Sox, Royals, Cardinals, Angels, Pirates at nine, Nationals at ten. I like that. I think the Pirates had the six. Or I'm a little fifth. bummed that the Angels are before the Pirates because you know they're going to just take all the pitching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, still a pretty good draft order. I'm into the lottery. Me I too. I think it helps a lot um, with tanking. And Me that's too. And really exciting. Um, and then we had the Rule 5 draft today. Yes, my yeah. favorite part of the winter meetings um, because it people don't like really like take note of it, but maybe that's why they moved the medical ones to be after um, the Rule 5 draft to get more interest in people in there. But um, for those of you who don't recall, 
the Rule 5 draft is different than the draft in June, which is called the Rule 4 draft or the amateur draft. Mm -hmm. The Rule 5 draft is when uh, teams can look at other teams' 40-man rosters, and if there's someone not on there and they're a minor leaguer, they can scoop them, but they have to add them to their 40-man roster and they have to be on there all year or they give them back yeah which is crazy when i worked for the astros i remember mid-season a player coming back yeah the pirates did it two years jose soriano from the angels they had to give him back to the angels like in theory it's like oh yeah that makes sense but in reality like imagine being that player i know and having being like oh i didn't make it i have to like crawl yeah. back and like hey are you guys happy go to back see to my me? old team yeah even though they didn't want you enough to save you to put you on the 40 yeah. man it's a weird situation. It is. And also just like stops teams from like, uh, I guess, stashing guys forever. Mm -hmm. Because so essentially for this year, um, any high school guy drafted in 2019 or international player signed in 2019. So four years ago. Yep. Who has not made the 40 man roster or has been protected is vulnerable to this draft. So you can just pluck guys from other teams. And for college guys that were drafted, I think it's 2020 guys that were drafted. Yeah. It's on a, you. It's a certain age. It's age. not year of draft or year of oh, acquired it's, it's based uh, on age I okay think. um anyways very interesting because you can pluck like you said from other teams but they have to be on your 40 man and stay there but then there's so there's a major league round and then there's a minor league round yeah so you keep guys on your minor league roster you mm -hmm. would move them up a level from what they were yep um so there was 10 guys drafted in the major league phase okay so as i, I was listening to this at work today nice like live and you, you go through and you say if you're drafting anyone, if you don't, you pass. Right. And you go through until everyone passes. So the 10 teams that drafted in the first round, they will get called again the next round, and then it'll go until everyone passes. Yeah, so if you say pass, you're passing for the rest of the draft. It's not like, oh, I don't want to take anyone for the major league phase. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't take anyone, like, maybe hit me next round while I think about it. No, mm -hmm. if you say pass, you're done. Right. And they do. So and then the minor league usually goes a few r rounds longer because – I think the Pirates had like four picks. They didn't pick in the major league phase, but they had mm -hmm. like four picks in the minor league. It makes sense. They don't have that much room on their 40-man, exactly. so they can't really pick. Um, but yeah, let me let us know who got picked. So the top two picks were Yankees pitchers, okay. minor leaguers. Mitch Spence went to the A's, and Matt Sauer, he was a top 25 Great prospect. name. Let me note that for yeah, <laughs> Matt Sauer went yeah. to the Royals. Um, a, a big name in the minor league phase uh, that jumped off the bat was the Pirates in the second round took Seth Beer. Ooh. I literally drafted that yeah, guy. That's from, awesome. Uh, Clemson. He, that's an all-time name. So he will probably be in AAA for the Pirates this year. Seth Beer. Um, but okay. yeah, no, lots of lots of names drafted. Uh, former prospects, or excuse me, current prospects. Um, yeah, it was. How well, do you think Seth will fare in the Pirate system? Well, he's a chance to. They need a first baseman, technically, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, I hope he does well. He I was hope a he does big too. name in college. Like he was like the number one high school player. In the I country. remember, yeah. yeah. So when he went to Clemson, everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's gonna be one one," and mm. he just like kind of he became just a first base only, couldn't move really, yeah, power only bat. So he was in. He was drafted obviously by the Astros by mm. me. <laughs> um, I didn't choose him, but I got to say his name, and that's really all that matters. I remember listening to that, which is so cool. <laughs> it's it's like, hey, one of I the coolest her. things I've ever done. Yeah, you drafted Jeremy Pena too, right? Oh yeah. That's oh, yeah. that's you told him. I was there when you told him that. That's <laughs> legendary. Um, so Seth Beer, I was gonna say, was with the Astros, went um, to the Diamondbacks on the Granky trade. Yes. So he's with the Diamondbacks for a while. So he has some major league time. He debuted with the Diamondbacks. Yes. So he has some 
which will affect a little bit of what happens how much the pirates pay him and like how he moves up and down the roster um so he has i think a higher chance of staying at first base in pittsburgh than he does in indianapolis right right um okay so that's around the league i'm gonna go to some free agent signings i'm gonna like there's a lot here but i'm gonna try to list a few off and then we'll talk about them then i'll do a list a few more off um okay i would start off with the if there's any updates of the big ones of ones we've predicted okay so for ones that we predicted uh, Sonny Gray signed with the Cardinals for three years, 75. We, I picked Phillies. You picked the Braves. So we both had red. We knew he was going to yes. a team that was going to wear red. Which is funny. Now the Cardinals rotation has an average age of 35. Yeah, they... Who else did they get? Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> and none of them, they were like, we want starters. None of them are really that ace, though. I would say no. Sonny Gray was that, I guess, this year for the Twins, but yeah. I don't know if that's repeatable. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but other than that, there wasn't any other guys on our list. Okay, so it's been kind of like a meh winter meetings hot stove thus far in terms of the Everyone's big name guys. For Shohei. Yeah, they're wait- it's the domino effect. Yeah, and then I think a bunch of signings are going to come in. Um, we had Kenti- Kenta Maeda sign a two-year $24 million deal with the Tigers. I kind of like the rotation. Scooble. Olsen, Mize, Manning. Ma- I like Mize. Mize. Yeah. Um, Jason Hayward re-signed with the Dodgers for one year. He's still in the league? Yeah. <laughs> he had a, actually a good year with the Dodgers this year. Um, the Reds bought, brought in two arms. They brought in Emilio Pagan for two years, $16 million, Okay. And Nick Martinez for two years, 26 So they spent a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, Sevi. Luis Severino went to the Mets. He went across town. Yeah, he's like, I don't really want to pack my bags. I'll just stay in New York. Yeah, he's kind of built for New York, but he's <laughs> one year, $13 million, prove it deal. Um, I think that's a worth it deal for the Mets. Yeah, and for Luis. You already mentioned Joey Wendell got, went to the Mets. Mr. Wendellful. The big news, the Bre- Brewers extended 19-year-old top prospect. He's the top five prospect in the league. Center fielder Jackson Churio, he's 19. Great name. Uh, eight years, eighty million. He has not yet played. It's the, it's the richest contract ever for a player who has yet to reach the big leagues. Only six games above double A. That's crazy. Like when you think back, because it's like, how did they not give Trout or Harper this? It's kind of what the Braves did with a lot of their guys, mm. you know. But not this historic. No, 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 not this historic. So big contract. I like to see the Brewers spend money. Obviously, yeah, small market and one in our division, which hopefully will push the Pirates to do, spend more money as well and the division in general. Agreed. Agreed. We also had Joe Kelly back to the Dodgers on a one-year deal. Um, I like that. Wade Miley back to the Brewers on a one-year deal. A lot of these one-year deals. Um, Jung Ho Lee, top Korean prospect, was posted on Monday. Um, so his 30-day window for MLB teams to sign him begins on Tuesday. So it was yesterday. Yeah, okay. Because um, obviously we're recording on a wine Wednesday. Uh, on a wine Wednesday, of course. Um, Eric Fetty, who left the Nationals, went to the KBO. He was the Cy Young in the KBO. Um, he's coming back, signed with the White Sox for two years, $15 million. Wow. So What are the White Sox doing? I don't know. <laughs> Great question. Yeah, sorry, Bennett, but your White Sox, man. Their owner. All over the place. Yeesh. Um, the Martin Maldonado era is over in Houston. Martin. Martin? Yeah. It's Martin. Martin. <laughs> it has the accent mark on the eye, too. Come on. Um, Victor Caratini signed with the S's for two years, 12 Okay, how do we feel about this? It's a good backup. Yeah. I think that's Yanier Diaz's team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a really good rookie this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so good backup. I think it probably brings more offensively. 
Which is what they need. Yeah. yeah. And then lastly, today, Craig Kimbrell signed with the Orioles for one year, $13 million. He's going to fill the void of Felix Bautista being out all next year. Is there a team in the AL East he has not played for? The Blue Jays? I don't think so. The Yankees. He hasn't played for the Yankees. Oh, or the Blue Jays, right? Uh, No. Okay. So Red Sox. So right. three out of five ain't bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, The Yankees crush him, so I'm right? really excited He's about this. He's played for three out of five. Yeah, definitely yeah. has. Um. So he's kind of an older. I think he might be more of an eighth inning guy because I think Cano is going to get most of their closing. Work. As he should. Um, proved that this year. I also want to mention that uh, the Yokohama Bay Stars have posted their star left-handed pitcher Shota Imanaga. Um, he started and won the 2023 World Baseball Classic final. Mm. He has a two uh, seven seven ERA in 24 games this year in, in Japan. So someone's gonna he's gonna get a good contract. What's his name again? Shota Imanaga. Okay, just so we remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Mm. Um, so um, oh, go I was going to say, speaking of um, stars being posted, and I saw um, Cashman say he seeing Yamamoto's no-hitter was made it his trip worthwhile. He's yeah. quite saying that, which I found annoying. Like, you're going all the way, and that, like, it should have been worthwhile regardless <laughs> of what happened. Yeah. It's a weird thing to say. That's... Do you expect anything less? <laughs> no, but I just wanted to let you know the boys in your house. Uh, trust me, I need know. Need to get it together. I'm fed up. Um, we had a few trades, five trades this week or last two weeks. We had the D-backs acquired Eugenio Suarez from the Mariners for uh, right-hand pitcher Carlos Vargas and catcher Sebi Zavala. Yeah, the Mariners have been on Doing, one. They're literally getting rid of all their high strikeout guys. It's kind of like it's pretty obvious, but it, they're also clearing space. What are they doing? What are they? I mean, as I predicted, they're gonna get some people. This I think so. I think they're, they're gonna get Blake Snell. That's in my tea. Okay. So, um, <laughs> the Mariners also sent Jared Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, and Evan White to the Braves for right-hand pitcher Cole Phillips and Jackson Coar, who was just acquired from the Braves. I forgot about Evan White. He was with the Astros for a bit. He got one of those extensions before he reached the major league level too. Yeah. And he just hasn't panned out. Yeah, it really hasn't. Um, crazy though, Seattle getting parting ways with Kalanick like so sad I don't know if you saw his Instagram post he thanked everyone except, except for the Seattle organization yeah yeah uh he's gonna be really good in Atlanta I I can't <sighs> wait to see this that I want him to pop up what a pickup by them too like a young guy they have him under control for a few years yeah now. Like, and uh, they like their team they're like the Dodgers they're just they stacked are. Dodgers they're the, East. the East Coast Dodgers the Yankees acquired Alex Verdugo, a rare trade with their rival, the Red Sox. I, I texted you guys last night. Cause Where's number ninety nine or War? Well, excuse war. me, Sorry. number ninety nine. Yeah, War. Um, and I feel like they got him for nothing. They got him. The main piece of the uh, return was uh, Greg Weisert, who's a reliever who was up and down last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and a guy named Richard Fitz and Nicholas Judice. They're two right-handed pitchers that are in the minor leagues. Judice was uh, drafted last year. Um. I like it a lot because the Yankees okay. need left-handed bats and they need to uh, guys that put the bat on the ball more strikes out less than 15% of the time. Yeah. And is I, I've always liked Verdugo. He's fun to watch. He I is. actually, he's I'm one of the excited. Red Sox. I actually enjoy. I'm really excited. He's going to have to shave. Um, yes. And he's going to look weird. Shaved. He's going to look interesting. I don't know about it. He has a lot of swag. So I'm yeah. interested to see him interact with the New York media. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm excited for it, though. Um, big fan of the trade. Um, at first, I thought they might be flipping him, um, but they're holding on to him. And I mentioned Marco Gonzalez earlier. Mm -hmm. The Pirates acquired him. Our Pittsburgh Pirates acquired him from the Braves. Um, so they just took him on. 
the Braves as part of the deal. They were going right. to flip him. Um, I think he the the Pirates have done well with soft tossing lefties. Yeah, they I think he's a have. younger, a little bit younger, Rich Hill f- type of pitcher. Uh, throws a lot of strikes. A youthful Dick Mountain. Yes. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they got him for a player to be named later. I think he's he's always logged a lot of innings. So he'll be a good rotation piece for them. Yeah. I wonder who the player is going to be though. To be hopefully not later. Shane Shane Boss. Hopefully <laughs> not like uh, Jonah Heim. Yeah. <laughs> and then see how that turns out. <laughs> it is not official yet, Sarah, but I am going to report it. Okay. Wow. The Yankees are close. Okay. It's just pending medicals. Okay. Close Which to that was said about Carlos Correa with about five different teams last know, offseason. Know, so hold your breath. But okay. Everyone knew about Correa's foot. <laughs> Yankees are close to acquiring. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Outfielder Juan Soto, the GOAT. Shock. And uh. Trent Grisham Ooh. as a fourth outfielder. So they got three left-handed bats. So probably not Cody. No. No, no, but Cody's not going to happen. He also done. wants, like, way too much money. Well, yeah, he's Mr. Hollywood. I guess. But they're getting him for Michael King, who I'm going to dearly miss. He's a, I was you, a we're high a host big for this year. fan of but Michael you King. do that every time for one set up. Yeah. And they gave up Kyle Higashioka. They have three catchers, so he was one of them. Um, top pitching prospect, Drew Thorpe, who I was okay. excited for. And then AAA guys who made a couple starts last year, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez. The, the, the Padres needed pitching. Yeah. Death. And we gave it to him. I would love to see a graphic of every player that has um, been uh, associated with the Juan Soto trade. Because the uh, Padres cleared out their farm. Like, not even a pig was left. No, nor Cal. Like James Wood, Robert Literally, Hassel, yeah. they cleaned out their farm system to get him. Mm-hmm. And now the Yankees are getting people, like, getting ready to people. I bet that list is so long. Well, this deal would have brought back even more if, if he wasn't only a rental because like he's yeah he's a free agent after next season and he wants to go to free agency yeah so interesting um maybe that's why it's stalled yeah exactly so i just want to say one thing okay. the evil empire is back <laughs> oh shit we are here i'm what is uh what does he say on the sopranos just when i th- when i think i'm out they pull me back in yeah that's how i am right now it's the sopranos quoting the godfather yeah exactly yeah. oh my god Duh. <laughs> should know that but that's from godfather three that's why i don't <laughs> okay you know um but yeah so those are the trades that happened this week also the evil empire is real because they will sorely miss henry kissinger but anyways <sighs> i digress don't get me started i was so <laughs> mad about that goddamn tweet why? why why do you have to tweet that why 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 because they're the evil empire, Scotty. Oh, my God. You just said it yourself. Oh, or the greatest war criminal of our... Ge- of they're of literally... You called the Yankees the evil empire. Like, no. obviously, they're going to miss Henry Kissinger then. I just want to know who, like, approved that tweet. I just... I really want to know. I bet it was said by one of the Steinbrenners. Probably. We need to do this. And Probably. the PR people just do what they told. Or told, so... Uh, anyway, Sarah, <laughs> um, we have Scott's tea. Ooh. All right, let's take a break and uh, we'll come back and do Scott teas. I can't wait. I definitely need more wine for all the tea you're uh, about to spill. You trust me, you will. <laughs> all right, Sarah, we are back. Um, going to dive into some of Scott tea. I'm ready for the tea, Scott. A lot of tea. gossip out there, Sarah. A lot of gossip. Yeah, what's the hot goss? I'm going to start with first on the Thanksgiving night game. Mm. Um, Blake Snell was the 12th man at the 49ers at Seahawks game. He's from Seattle. Yep. Um, and he was 
they announced him on the speakers as a free agent who wants to pitch for the Mariners. Wow. Wink, wink. I mean, so that's why I predicted him to go there because he's from there. I think he's ready to yeah. go home. He had a Cy Young year. He's ready to just be home and be home in Seattle. Deliver. Yeah. Be sleepless in Seattle. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, we have the Braves. And Wait, sorry. Where did you pick Snell to go? Mets. Okay. Not very confident in it, but um, I figured the Mets were going to throw money at one big name. Yeah. So I know mm. they're really in on Yamamoto right now. Mm. Um, the Braves and Dodgers are among teams engaged with the White Sox and Dylan Sees. I think he definitely gets moved. It was then reported that the Braves really aren't in on Shohei or Sees. So it seems like maybe Kelnick might be the extent of their big pickups. Yeah, they don't really need... I would say they need another arm. Yeah. So maybe they don't need like a snell of an arm, but they could... I mean, I... I still think they should have gotten Sonny Gray, but... Yeah, um, Sonny Gray did fit that team, for yeah. sure. But we'll see. The nice thing about the wager that we have going is that if the player doesn't sign with either of our teams, we don't, like, lose right. the points. So it's just the ones we get right. Right, right. Anyways, I was just curious. I forgot where you had them. It was reported last week. These... So granted, these notes have been taken for two weeks now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that the Astros were listening to trade offers for Alex Bregman. Dana Brown just came out at the winter meeting saying that's not true. Uh, yeah, I don't believe Bruh. that for a second. Um, at so least not right now. Not this year. Not this year. Um, the w- exciting one that I'm hearing is the Cubs and Reds are both very active in conversations with the Rays on Tyler Glasnow. Mm-hmm. Shane Bieber's also mentioned with both teams. The Reds, I don't see gl- getting Glasnow. I don't like Glasnow in Cincinnati. I love him in Wrigley. Yes. Cubs uniform. And a big name that's emerging in discussions for Glasnow is Christopher Morrell. He's mm. also was mentioned for Pete Alonso if they were to go that uh, route. Okay. Um, Christopher Morrell sounds like a guy that goes to Tampa Bay and is a star. Like yes. a Randy Rosarena. Yeah. He also just sounds they get so like many a guys Florida like guy. That. Yeah. Jose Siri. Um, Who they just come up big. I will yeah. argue like Tommy Pham kind of put himself back on the map with the Rays. D- definitely. Before going to Arizona, so I would I would agree with that. Um, so there is that, and then we have uh, Rosen Rosenthal Ken uh, reported <laughs> Rosenthal oh, comma Ken. <laughs> I am actually not going to read this because we already have Juan Soto news. I had a list of Juan Soto news. Blue Jays were once viewed as a favorite after talks broke down with the Yankees, but guess what, Blue Jays? He's ours, not yours. Supposedly. Supposedly. Medicals, you know, mm, with five yeah, pitchers like in a deal, you got to look through all that stuff. One can never be too sure. Um, the Giants are aggressively pursuing one of Otani or Yamamoto, not both. I predicted Giants for Otani, so I'm kind of rude. What did I say? You Seattle? said Dodgers. Dodgers. For Otani? Oh, yeah. And then for Yamamoto, I said San Francisco. Yeah, which could definitely have. You could yeah. get both of those pretty yeah. easily because I think the Dodgers, the Giants will go all in on Yamamoto. I also just am so out on all Shohei news because he said that if anything leaks, yeah. he's not going to sign. So it's like, why is anyone paying attention? Just let it drop when it's going to drop. True. Like you don't want so, that news to get out there. Which is funny because, um, so right now the, the, the group that is um, expected to be looking at him is Dodgers, Cubs, Jays are like considered like a sleeper. Yeah. Um, Angels and Giants. Um, so they're all no bidding Dodgers? on him. The Do- yeah, I said Dodgers. Oh, first. you did. Okay. Um, so <laughs> at the uh, winter meetings, Dave Roberts said, uh, "Yeah, we met with him last Friday, mm. and it went well." And then I guess the GM Brandon Gums was like surprised that Dave Roberts opened up about yeah. it. Yeah. But I I then listened to the recording today. It was on a couple podcasts that I listened to, and I, like it really wasn't that big of a deal. He's like, "I'm just gonna be honest with you. Yeah, we met him, 
and that was it. And he goes, but I don't want to say anything else. So, like, he didn't really, like, talk about the meeting. Yeah, but... Said, it's going to get out that he's going... Because it already got out that he was in Florida well, like, meeting with yes, the Toronto. Yes, he's going to meet with teams. Like, that's yeah. what free agents do. I still am like, don't say anything. Well, I'm happy about it because I don't want to go to Dodgers. <laughs> I want him to go there. I need to win this. It was then reported Tuesday by none other than Bob Nightingale that the Cubs' hopes of I landing... I can't believe Bob Nightingale still has a job. Sorry, it's keep going. It's crazy to me. His tweets infuriate me. <laughs> the Cubs' hopes of landing Otani have significantly waned. Their GM, Jed Hoyer, blasted him. It was like, mm. what are you talking about? Uh, where do you get your information, brother? Yeah, um, that's what I'm just sick. Sorry, but Scott T, your Otani T is just like, we all need to stop with it and just like let it happen when it's going to happen. So can I say one more thing about Otani? All right, Scott This T. is important. Is it T. though? Yeah, he's expected to sign before the end of the weekend. I'll believe it when I see it. Like that's why, why give me that bullshit. Just like <laughs> let him sign when he's going to sign and then that'll True. be the news. Well, he's holding up the whole market, Sarah. That's <laughs> why I want okay, him to sign. That's fair. That's fair. Um. Okay, so then we had uh, a, there's a rumor that the Mets are expected to sign Vlad Vladdy Miguel Guerrera, brother of Vlad Jr. <laughs> Whoa, wait, his br- so he has Vlad Vladimir Guerrero has two sons at, at least. Oh, he's more, two of okay, two of yeah. his sons are named Vladimir and Vladdy. V L A D I. Oh my gosh. Miguel Guerrero, brother of Vlad Jr. During the international signing period that begins on January 5th, we already know being with the Mets that they had his cousin Gregory. So Scotty, are you going to name your kids Scott and then Scotty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scotty with an I E at the end. Right, and then another one with just a Y. Yes. And then one's name is full like Scotty Mo. Like Scotland Scotland is another one. One is Scotty Mo, kind of like Carol Ann or like Scottro. Wow. Scott. I can get really creative. Scott T spelled T E A. Yeah. So it looks like you're having a lot of kids all named Scott. All boys too. Just pull pull a Vladdy. Um, alrighty. So then Perry Manasian, uh, GM of the Angels, reported that Mike Trout is one hundred percent not getting traded, so stop talking about it. Um, I kinda believe that. I don't know if Yeah, I mean if they didn't do it already, they're not doing it now. Um, and then lastly, the Yankees will meet with Yamamoto on Monday in New York. Um in the meantime, Steve Cohen and David Stearns flew to Japan to meet with him. Mm. Imagine having so much money that you just fly to Japan to meet. I mean, I don't need to meet with anyone. I'll just fly to Japan and eat sushi and go home. Like, that's why I was like, what the hell is Cashman saying? It w- made the trip worthwhile. It's like, you went to Japan. There's so much to do there. I like, know. why is that the only thing? Like, you should just enjoy. But that is a big deal that Cashman went to Japan. Because uh, that makes me think. And uh, it's rumored that the Yankees are Steinbrenner is expecting to and very eager to go over the th- the Steve Cohen tax. Uh, no surprise pay, like pay they're the over. evil empire of course but they, they haven't ha- done that in a while they haven't got spent like this yeah their uh, payroll has not been over 300 million in just like i roll on repeat is how i feel about the I'm about cashman right now. i'm all for it if he gets us yamamoto and soto and verdugo in one off season i'm all for it yamamoto by the way was named mvp in japan for the third straight year as he should have been joins ichiro and hisashi yamada as the only players to win the award three years in a row wow. pretty big deal um, now he's going to come to the U.S. and win one here. Exactly. Exactly. I also want to mention, um, have you heard about this Baseball United? I think I mentioned it Yeah, last we time. talked about it. And I was like, I don't know, Saudi money. Like, it's a live I golf know. type of thing. Like, how do we feel? They- I've been watching some clips on Twitter, and um, there is a money ball I in saw the this, game. a literal golden a gold ball. ball. Yeah. And I don't know what is a money ball situation, 
But it, if you hit a home run, you get double the amount of runs that you drive in. So Pablo Sandoval hit the first ever six-run homer. <laughs> of course he did. He's the panda. Yeah, which is pretty funny. Was it against Bartolo Colon? No, I don't think so. Okay, I can't remember. Because that's a matchup made in heaven. Also, if we want to go visit... Um, uh, Japan? No, uh, Tucson. Oh, yeah. Um, the Diamondbacks put out an offer for tickets to all home games for 299 for oh, the whole year. Did you see this? No. Phoenix isn't that close to Tucson, though. But. Oh, it isn't? Okay. Mm-hmm. The map looks... Well, map's deceiving out west. <laughs> I actually, like, yeah. I don't know. We could go see some University of Arizona baseball games. They're yeah. actually good. So. Yeah, good baseball. Yeah. Uh, but if you live in Phoenix and you're not taking part of taking advantage of that deal, like, you're crazy. It's My absurd. Si- Imagine if the Pirates had that. Our season ticket package, and we go to like we have the weekday package, and we don't get every game, is like more than way more than that. So how much more? <laughs> well, like so, in a, there's four of us that go in on it. I think we pay like around like four hundred. Okay. So it's a hundred more, but still, like that's like this is every home game. Yeah, and you have Corbin Carroll. I go to like twelve, thirteen, fourteen. You get to see Corbin yeah. Carroll for eighty-one days out of the year, and for like less than three hundred dollars. Crazy. That is crazy. So, um, that is my tea for the week, Sarah. Um, okay. There's going to be more tea coming out, obviously. Obviously. I love tea. I love drinking it, and I love spilling it with you. Okay, Tucson, for reference, is driving an hour and 45 minutes away okay. from Phoenix. I thought so you were going to say it was like three hours, but... No, so it's doable. Okay. So, we doable. could. We could go see Norma and then bring her to a game and then drive That's her so back cool. after. Yeah. Cool. No, I'm not too bad. I remember driving, going to my cousins in Austin, Texas, and we went to a Astros Rangers game. We went, went, we did it in one night. We drove there and back to Austin, and it was like two and a half hours. So yeah, an hour forty five is still worth it. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, Sarah. So that will uh, sum up the news for the week. Scotty's hot goss corner. My hot gossip. <laughs> I am gonna become like the uh, what was that guy's name? Um, Perez. Oh, uh, Hilton. Hilton. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna become the Perez Hilton of baseball. I think you already are. <laughs> this is what i dreamed of all right um all right sarah we're gonna come back uh we're gonna take a break real quick and then come back and rate and review the wine let's do it all right sarah we are back so quick crazy we have been sipping on the 2020 venti say winery old world winemakers blend mm. um Love this bottle, by the way. Love I, this bottle. It's a great bottle. The cream um, label with the lion, the like maroon lion on it. Yeah, it's great, and it matches Scotty's shirt. Yeah, so. say shirt. Get your merch. <laughs> um, so I um I really enjoyed this wine. I think it's um, I can see why it's been popular in the Flora family. Okay. They this is this is definitely like a table wine. I think mm. it, you can enjoy over dinner over. I don't know, like a holiday where you're just around your family and you're, you're, everyone's like just drinking wine all day. Um, I think this is the perfect wine for that. It's not like too dry. Uh, my mouth isn't watering, but it's 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 flavorful. Mm. Um, I'm kind of really digging the blueberry like um, touch that I'm getting at the at the beginning of the sip. Yeah, um, I can see that. But it's not like too sweet where it's going to give me a headache. Mm. Um, it's perfect. It's I think it's balanced. Um, I what do you think, Sarah? I think it's a little too sweet for me. Really, you I, think it's sweet? Yeah, at the end, like it really hits. Okay. It like come it comes at your heart. At first, I'm like, oh, this is a, this is pretty good, and then bam, it's like tartness right in your face. At there the is end. tartness. I think it's, it's more like, tartness for me than sweet. Yeah, I think it borders that. I okay. really do. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna give it a forty. Okay. 
Me, I was thinking 35, but I, I think that's 40. a little too low. Okay. Nah, I think I'll go 35. Okay. Like just for me personally. But I sure. can see how it's really popular and everyone would like it. Just too sweet at the end for me. Okay. Or tart, uh, rather. Got it. Um. Alrighty. Do you have a comp? Not yet. So okay, you, can you give yet. me your rating first? Okay. I am going to go with a, a 60. Okay. This is um, our biggest difference. It is our biggest difference. I really like it. Um, I like I said, I, I think it's like a perfect table wine, mm. um, family wine. Um, yeah, I, I think it's well above average in my opinion. Um, everyone's yeah. tastes are different. I think it's a slightly below, so I'll give it a forty. Okay, I'll stick with a forty. Um, I am trying to think of a comp. Okay, I have one, and I think Go you're gonna it. like it. Let's hear it, Mister Wonderful. Uh, Joey Wendell, because he seems like a sweet dude. Yeah. And he's just, for me, like slightly below average. That's why he hasn't like, s- he, he can be, the ceiling is high. Um, He performed really well when he was with the Rays, and I think that's that 60 in him. Um, But I think he's just a sweet guy with 40 level right now, and that's what I'm giving this wine. It's the Joey Wendell of wines. Can I? Okay, I like that. He's like a utility guy. Yeah, super, That thus is the one. That's yeah. the table wine is super utility, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, can I use a manager? Yes, you can. Uh, you know, there are no rules here. Okay, I like that. I like that. I am. Co- I am comping this to Chuck Tanner, Mister, oh. uh, the old Pirates manager. Yeah. Born and raised in Newcastle, from my parents' house, I could okay, walk to his house. Okay, all right. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> I could walk to his house. Um, he had a great restaurant, Tanner's restaurant in Newcastle. What great did they guy. serve at Tanner's restaurant? It was just more like just like American food. Okay. Was, yeah. Um, good breakfast. Really good breakfast. Ooh. Um, yeah, I would go there all the time on the weekends to get breakfast, and he would give me like hitting advice and stuff like that. Awesome guy. Um, but yeah, he was also an incredible manager. He managed the uh, the White Sox. He managed the Pirates. Obviously, the '79 World Series is iconic. Mm. Um, and the you know, We Are Family team. Yeah, you know, uh, it was a very together atmosphere. And First all black lineup. Yes. In Major League Baseball history. Dave Pretty Parker should be in the cool. Hall of Fame. Um, if you hear any noise, it's just me and the boys bopping. That's right. Drinking some winemakers blend. <laughs> Catch us in Newcastle, baby. <laughs> so I'm going uh, Chuck Tanner. Okay. Um, I, I I think this is an above average one. Um, and I'm I have another bottle at home, and I can't wait to open it. Keep it all to yourself. I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm I like bring, it. I uh, like it. I just don't love it. Okay. And I couldn't drink it every day okay. because of the sweetness slash tartness at the end. Okay. Um, I also have their cab, and we can maybe try that some night too. That'd it's be fun. Antora, it's called. Okay. Um, I for me, out of the two vintages we've had, I prefer the, the old, old vines. In. In. Yeah, yeah, that was very good. That was like a limit. I don't think he's making that anymore. I think he made one well, barrel and then shucks. sold it until it ran out. Maybe he'll make it next year. I don't know. Maybe he'll make it for us special. We'll have to ask him. <laughs> maybe he'll have a bottle stored somewhere. That I don't would know. be nice. <laughs> um, but anyways, all right, Sarah, this was a pleasure. We had a long, awesome conversation with Norma and. Um, amazing stories we talked off season over the last two weeks there's gonna be more news to come for next week Can't wait. i'm excited hopefully the hot stove turns up a little bit yeah me too it's been a it's a very cold stove right now <laughs> it can't yeah. make shit on that stove and i'm after this one soda stuff i am tired of seeing the word finalizing and finalized I'm, yeah it's out I'm of my vocabulary sure. i'm deleting it from my phone <laughs> i'm sure you were so stressed because you it the deal hasn't gone through and it's like why are you stressed about that? It has nothing to do with you, but I love it. It has what? everything to do with my like <laughs> happiness. Your daily. Yes. Yeah. Come on, Sarah. You know me better than I that. I do. I do. You're right. All righty. Uh, well, until next time, Sarah, salute. Salute, Scotty.
intro music by Jordan Montgomery and Driving Well Black Records. Uh, look, big paper, I increase my wealth. Uh, red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I said, big paper, I increase my wealth. Huh. Red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Huh? Allow me to introduce myself. Oh, thank you.